Hello and welcome to another episode of Come Muse with Me. I am Tejamoxi and today I will be talking about um, customer service and how to how to um, identify a good customer service officer. Before I start on that, um, I just want to very quickly touch on the last episode that <clears throat> that I published, um, Grieving Without Pain. Ah, goodness. Okay, so the, what the main thing here is, um, at, after publishing that episode, I went back to listen and I realized, um, I, I think a, a, a lot of you would have noticed that um, the background music was a lot louder than the audio. And I'll tell you what happened. It was a blunder and it was my bad and I do apologize. I think in a way that's why I'm why I am making this episode <clears throat> like um, it's like a bit of a giveaway so to speak um, <laughs> buy one get one free <laughs> um, I plugged in my microphone and put my place my phone next to me and cradled the microphone in my hands and that was the position I was throughout with the intention of, you know, recording through the microphone and the microphone was on. I could see that it wasn't until after playback that I realized that my microphone was not plugged to my phone, it was plugged to my laptop. <sighs> oh boy, who said Audibles and podcasting was an easy thing. <laughs> so yes, I do apologize for the poor quality or very faint um, of um, that episode, Grieving Without Pain. And it's a learning curve for me. Um, and you can be rest assured that that error would not occur again because now I know you know to check and be certain that I have my audio in the right place so yes today I'm gonna talk about a recent experience that I had that resonated with my work experience and um, it's gonna be in form of a story so I'll be telling a, a bit of story um, today um, my microphone is plugged in <laughs> to my phone. <laughs> Thank you. So I'll get on to it because I, I want to make this very quick. I hope I'm able to make this very quick. Pa, 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 pa. Where to start from? Okay, I'll start from the story and then I'll just let the juice flow from there. Okay, so. And this is this is what happened. I live in UK, and 
coming from Nigeria, just like a lot of, you know, this will resonate with a lot of immigrants, especially black Africans. And if I drill down further, I'll say Nigerians, but it's a general, it's a general experience that you come in to a predominantly white country and everything that you heard about um, the poor treatment of a person based on their skin color um, jumps to you right in your face and even though you are now you know you were aware of it and I, and I use the word now because you know it wasn't as the, that piece of information wasn't as um, close to home back in the 70s and 80s as it is today. So even though you are aware of such occurrences, you it's, it still comes as a shock when you experience it. That's a difference between having knowledge and having a lived experience, okay? Um, I've been here. It's been a few years now. Uh, and, you know, my own experience has been more subtle. And it's not... I, I wouldn't say it w it's totally based on, on the people. I would say that it's a bit of a mix me coming from my culture, my background, and, and trying to integrate into a totally different culture. I'm trying to understand them. I don't know if they're trying to understand me. <laughs> um, but, you know, the treatment is there. But my experience over time has been more subtle than otherwise. More subtle. I mean, aside from the odd, odd incidences that, for the sake of my mental health, I would rather think otherwise than to, you know, believe that. Um, the treatment came from a place of racism. I've had someone throw a coin at my daughter. Well, not really throw a coin at my daughter. Um, she was, my daughter was still quite young then. She was about three years old. She saw a coin, the coin fell off from somebody and she picked it up to give it back to them. Oh, bless her, my darling. Um, while I was making a payment on the till, at the till, and the person said, and the person just, you know, waved it back at her that she she should keep it, and then she came and showed me, and I was livid because I thought that was, yeah, I, for me, it, it could be interpreted in, in you know different ways, but for me, it felt like if she had been a white girl, would, would they have done that? I think another thing was the the shock that I went through coming here, settling here, and seeing how 
Africa was portrayed almost at every corner that I turned to. There was a picture of a dying African child uh, and people pleading for even 50p to one pound and claiming that it could save a life. So if you're living in that sort of environment where that's what you see and then you see people who represent what you see of course the mindset you have is that they're all beggars and I didn't like that because we certainly aren't beggars I, I don't even know where these people go to that they find these pictures they go to hinterlands they go to remote places that even we Africans probably haven't even heard about some of them and, and then they come back here to the west and then they portray they don't say oh uh, a village in somewhere no they come back and they put this huge poster saying oh the African child you need your help and assistance and all that anyway you know what I I digressed a bit I digressed a bit so I'm gonna I'm gonna rein myself in <laughs> this will probably be a topic for another day let's get back to the topic at hand so I, I picked that up I mentioned that because um, recently <laughs> recently I moved house and you know if one of the things that you need to do when you move to a new area especially this part of England that I live in um, is you need to change your GP. You need to change, you know, those local services or services that are essential but local to to you. So, I when I did my due diligence, um, checked reviews. Reviews are really essential in this part of the world. I think more now than ever, even everywhere else. But to an extent, you can trust reviews or at least help you make some kind of informed decision um, I had choices that I could pick from from the GP going by you know all the reviews and unfortunately by the time I got to them they were all fully um, fully booked so I couldn't register with any of the ones that you know of my choice I was left with one particular one um, that seemed to be the I mean there were a few others um, some distance from my house but this one was one of the closest ones and probably the top of the worst <laughs> par review so I was like okay and they were you know they had um, <clears throat> they had room <clears throat> for registration so I said okay <clears throat> let me get to them so I rang them up and first I couldn't I couldn't um, register online because you had several GPs each had you know different ways of providing the service some you could register straight up online others you couldn't so you'd have to get in, ch in touch with them and, and this one was so I, I called them uh, to ask, you know, what I needed to do. And the person I spoke with just simply said to me, oh, you need to come in to 
You need to come into the clinic to pick up a form. So I said, okay, thank you. So I found time during the day to drop in. I went, I dropped in. Uh, and when I got there, the receptionist said, was, you know, fairly, fairly large. So they had about two um, receptionists. One of them attended to me, said, oh, um, actually, you can't get the form during the day. We only give out registration forms um, first thing in the morning. I was like, oh, really? Okay, so, uh, oh, yeah, you have to come at 7.30 in the morning to pick up a form. I was a bit surprised, 7.30, I was like, dude, GP, <laughs> what time do you guys open? Because me, I'm, I, I ask questions. Ah, oh, God, if you do not like questions, then you may not like hanging out with me. I ask questions largely because I need to understand, all right? And I don't want to miss out anything. I need to understand so that I can be well-informed, okay? Um, so I was like, what time do you open? And she said, oh, no, we don't open until 8 a.m., but we need you to, you need to be here, <laughs> Like 7.30, um, that would guarantee, because there's usually a very long queue, but that will guarantee that you will get a form. I thought it was a bit weird, bizarre. I mean, I'd lived in another part of England before, and it, I never had, you know, this experience come to the GP at 7.30 a.m. I mean, people need to go to work. People need to drop their children off at school. 7.30 a.m. And you're not even opening until 8. So already you're asking me to devote over one hour of my time because I would have to, you know, make preparations to leave home prior to 7.30 and then sit doing nothing for 30 minutes and then get on the queue at 8 o'clock if you start at 8 o'clock a.m. on the dot. And then probably queue up and let's just say roughly another 30 minutes, basically almost two hours of my morning just to pick up a form. I did not complain. I just sighed, said my thank yous and waited for another day. <laughs> it took me like four weeks after that or more before I could find the time. Um, if I could find the time to, to do the 7.30 just to pick up the form. All of this is just registration, mind you, all right, for myself and my daughter. So the day came, I went, 7.30, sat down, and true to, true to word, I got there, and I already had, there were already um, four people. I met four people. And it was a it was a it was a rainy day that morning. It rained heavily. It was so bad. I got I got wet, even though I had an umbrella and I had a coat on. I still got wet. Um, and there were already four people, 
um, and two of them were clearly elderlies who, you know, were just so, they were just complaining <laughs> about the service, how preposterous it seemed because they were coming from other places also, other parts of England. One of them came from London, another came, you know, I mean, and they just said, you know, they just couldn't understand why they had that sort of policy there. I, I just sat there, you know, bemused, just watching everyone, you know, complaining. I, I, I usually just make up my, all I need to know is the details. Just give me the right details and then I can, you know, sort myself out and I'll do stuff, you know, how you've requested it. If I can't do it how you've requested it, I don't have a problem. You 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 want it in a certain way and I can't give you that certain way. Then I know that I have to do the walk-in to the high road. I go find somewhere else where, you know, I, I can do what I can do. But if I know that I have to do this, I need you to give me the details, the correct details so that I can work if efficiently um minding my time and every other factor involved anyways so i'm there sitting down smiling listening to everything people were saying and all um and true to word other people started coming and that it was only at that time that i found out that the reason why you had to come so early is not just that they only give out the forms in the mornings but they they only give out 10 forms a day. So they give out forms every day, but only 10 a day. So <laughs> if you get there, 8 o'clock, and other people got there 7.30 or earlier, and they're up to 10, you don't get a form. The interesting part is you're not even certain that to get a form, even if you're in the top 10. You know why? Because... One person could be there just like myself collecting forms for two, three, four people. And they're only giving out 10. So if everyone came collecting two forms, only five people would get forms and that's it. The rest of you on the queue. See you later. Sayonara. Yeah. So that was what happened that day. And I was really lucky because... I was trying to be nice, all oh, these elderlies and even the ones that came after me, you know, I got on the queue, I allowed some to go ahead of me, so we had two queues, so some others behind me actually got on um, before me, and there was another lady that was there with her kids, and she was picking forms up for, I think, three people, I was picking forms up for two people, so I almost didn't get any. Like, I think I was the one who got the last <laughs> form. I remember I was supposed to be number four on the queue because <laughs> we started giving each other numbers. Um, anyway, so I got my forms that day. <clears throat> and you know how it is when something is, you know, a bit difficult to access. Um, when you do finally get it, you feel like you feel like you've really achieved a huge deal. Even if what it is is just a common form. <laughs> so, the receptionists that morning, they were, you know, they were quite nice. And, you know, they were like, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh, yeah, you know what? 
don't worry you can drop the forms up at any time it's just picking them up that you know you have to come at this hour but you, you're able to drop the forms up at any time of the day so i said thank you that was quite you know refreshing to hear so i went took my time again filled the forms for myself and my daughter I, you know, at the point of receiving the forms, I gave them my daughter's age and, you know, they checked, oh, what forms will she need? Uh, so they checked and they said, oh, this is the ones for your daughter and this is the one for you. So as far as I was concerned, as far as I knew and as far as I was told at that point, I had all the forms that I needed. All right. The forms that were relevant to me and the forms that were relevant to my daughter. Right. So came back after school runs uh, some weeks after to drop off the forms and I came with my daughter school runs is about 3 30 so I was there before four because it was quite close uh, proximity to my daughter's school um <clears throat> got there and they were n- closed um apparently it seems they're, they're multi i don't I'm not sure if multi but there was another reception that was detached from the gp's reception so when they approached the ladies sat um at that cubicle and she explained oh they they're actually um out for training um today so you need to you know come back um some other time or maybe tomorrow at this by this time i i must confess i was getting slightly um frustrated but still you know what can you do they're on training everyone goes on training but you know it was just i just felt like ugh, you know okay they could have had an ad hoc person sitting there right um they have a training most every most they shut down the whole gp without forewarning and all that but it's fine i'm the one who needs to register so i decided you know what (coughs) excuse me i decided you know what i better just come tomorrow morning after my morning drop off um so I mean, if they have trainings in the afternoons, at least in the mornings, they would do some business. So let me catch them. So next day, the very next day, I get there. I think I need a little water. Yep, that's what I needed. So the very next day I go in with my forms in hand and I get to the reception desk and there was this very young, slightly solid looking girl at the reception. Again, there were two receptionists. Um, so I approached her. I was already exhausted and, you know, time of day. I, I start my time working, getting my daughter ready, making, making lunch packs and all for her and went up like a flight of stairs getting to the to the gp office and um i wasn't i wasn't that fit so yeah i was all that tall black woman 
in her coat looking quite overbearing to this young white girl at the time i didn't think about that because it was just me so i go in and she asks what i you know what i was visiting for and i told her um i'm here to submit my registration forms myself and my daughter and first thing she says to me is oh you're supposed to have you're supposed to bring this after 4 p.m you know by this time it was just like okay you know what no <laughs> the moment she said that i was like she was like it's there on the form you're supposed to bring it after 4 p.m um but you know we can still attend to it so i, I said to her I was here yesterday. I was here yesterday uh, around 4.30 to um, 3.30 to 4. And you guys were closed. I was told you were on training. I was here with my daughter yesterday. And so I decided I needed to come in this morning. Because I don't know if you'll be on training again. So, and then she kept going on, you know, oh, all right, we can still do it. It's just like, because it, because it takes some time to process. Um, that's why we usually encourage people. And it's, it's written there in, on the form. And she kept insisting about the form. And I said to her lady, when I picked up these forms, the receptionist here said to us, you can drop the forms at any time of the day. And, and that was what I kept on my mind. And I even when, even though I kept that on my mind, I was still here yesterday evening. My expectation would have been that, oh, you know, that should that should just squelch whatever issues she had. Because this is obviously a woman that had been given some information other than, you know, what you're talking about now. And then she'd even made the effort to come here. And was unable to submit the form because of you guys. Not because she didn't come at whatever time was suitable for you. So she came now and she's giving you this information. And guess what I was still told? Well, it's written on the form. <laughs> at this point, you know what? I just said to her, you said, you, you, you can, are you still taking the form? She said, yeah, we can take the form. We can still, if it's going to take, I, I don't mind. I'm here already. Take the form. Do what you have to do. <laughs> She was so upset already. Like that feeling of, you know, I, some, <sighs> ah, gosh, my impression was this is a young girl who just wasn't interested in what she was doing. She was there and she just felt like, you know what? I wish I didn't have to do whatever it was needed to be done because there was nobody there there was nobody at the the reception barely had three people waiting on the seats and there were two receptionists so what was the problem <laughs> anyways i gave her the form the forms and then she went <clears throat> and then she comes back and you know tells me oh i need to fill in this address and right okay i did it i filled it in um can i go now and she comes back and she goes uh no there's still a form you need to fill for your daughter i was like another form for my daughter she was like yeah you need to fill the form no your daughter needs to fill a consent form my my daughter is 11 it's like how does she i already feel the consent i in fact i feel the form on her behalf because i'm her mother 
and she says yeah well you gave a consent that we could um access her medical records but she still needs to fill another consent form consenting for me to <laughs> i know it sounds a bit ridiculous but if it's a requirement why did the why why wasn't i given this form the first time round even though i gave them the necessary information my daughter's age and they told me this is all the form bear in mind this was weeks after i had picked up the form and now you're giving me another form and you're not just asking because if the form was for me to fill i would have stayed and filled the form and then handed it to them all right and this was time going into my own work time which mean which meant for me I knew the implication of this time I was spending there was that I was going to work extra time to make up for that time at work. So, you know, there were all sort of things and I didn't see them respecting that fact that their customers also have individualized that you can't just mess up. But this is generally GPs in England anyways. Uh, You have to set your whole day for them, even though they give you nothing back. Right, so... (laughs) So what happens? Here I was. For the first time in my life, someone's telling me my daughter has to fill a form to consent. And not just that, she went ahead to say she has to fill it here in front of us. Okay, so at that point, my questions multiplied. So I said, but I'm her mom and I feel the consent already on the previous forms and the girl said yeah but she needs to fill this form and i I was i needed to understand i said okay that's fine but why does she have to fill it in front of you like i was trying to understand what the justification behind that requirement was so I, i i asked are you needing to assert ascertain that i was her parent do you need me to bring her birth, cert- her birth certificate because my daughter and I do not share the same surname. So that's understandable. And she goes, no, she just needs to fill the form. And I said, okay, can she fill the form? And then I bring it and, uh, and drop it. She said, no, she needs to fill the form in their presence. I'm like, are you, I don't understand. Are you trying to find out whether she's real? I couldn't on. And she, and then she just went like, it's the hospital policy. At that point, I realized she did not have the answer to the questions that I had. And she was getting upset because I was not understanding. So the moment I noticed that, okay, she doesn't have the answer, I picked up the phone and I said, thank you. And I left. I'd gotten, I'd plateaued to, you know, the height of the frustration that I could get to. So at the point where you plot to, nothing else remains but to just either you you blow out in your head, <laughs> you explode, or you calm down. I do not explode. I don't bother myself. It's too much stress for your mental health, especially over a matter that isn't... I, I don't want to call it trivial. It's not trivial. It's, it's your medical... It's a health, but come on, it's just a registration into the GP. So 
at this point I just flattered out and I took the form and I said okay thank you so I left bear in mind <clears throat> my registration forms had been collected so this was a new one the consent form for my daughter excuse me so I got home and I filled the form and pick up time I told my daughter about it and she didn't at that time she didn't really understand I think she probably just feel like oh okay you know maybe mom's mom's just been mom again she's quite particular and all that so I told her my experience um earlier in the morning and that they had asked that she come um fill the form sign off the form in their presence and at that point she looked at me weirdly <laughs> like mom what's 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 this about i was like i don't know but let's just go and get this done and over with this has been going on for months i mean the new place that we had moved in at this time it was going to like four months that we had moved in four or five months and we still did not have a gp so i i just wanted to just get this done and sorted so we went took another flight of stairs again i was out of breath got into the gp's office um the girl was there um no she wasn't there there was another lady um and then i started talking to this lady and she was going to start attending to me and then the girl that was there in the morning came out from behind because there was a bit of those kind of like a um a divider room divider and there were other people behind that room divider so she came out from behind the divider she saw me and then she ran back in you know that sort of like oh that person's back again <laughs> and my daughter was here so i explained to the person there okay i brought my daughter now we need to fill the constant form we were told to you know i also to bring her in to fill in front of you guys and there came this bispectacled lady don't know if she was a nurse but she wasn't she was uniformed and then she said to me she took over from the receptionist that i was talking to and then she said to me um actually we have um we've considered your um application and we have decided that we won't be moving forward with your registration because you are uh you're unhappy with uh the gp policy Okay, so I stood there and I was confused for a few. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> that you would not? Yeah, we. so we, um, we've decided that you can go to another GP. And then she mentions another GP name. I thought, it was uh, like, is this a joke? Is this a prank? So like, yeah, because you, you are not um, happy with our policy and we just thought rather than start it up, it's better for you to just go and register somewhere else. Ah, Koshele Simiri, this was my first ever experience of being turned down a service because I asked questions. I, 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 what's <laughs> flabbergasted? I spent another close to 20, 30 minutes going back and forth with this 
white lady that kept telling me and repeating the same thing to me to the point where i said to her you know what (laughs) what you're doing right now i know you're doing it on purpose to frustrate me but you're not going to get that from me was i rude to you did i say something i shouldn't have said how can you stand there and tell me that i have a problem with your policy when i have fulfilled all the requirements that you asked of me so i'm gonna stop um the story at this point and then get on to the lessons learned i'm stopping because this actually drilled deep for me um it was a total embarrassment my daughter was standing next to me there was no reason why I should have been denied that service and so I took it up I wrote to um the mayor of my of my um my my local government and uh, sorry I, I wrote to my MP did I say mayor I wrote to the MP and I also wrote to um there is a governing body that that um, um, assess GPs and medical practices, and I wrote to them also. And so currently, that issue is still under investigation. So, which is why I cannot continue with this, you know, conversation. But after the whole experience, you know, I I thought long and hard about my whole journey by the way I I already registered with another GP I just got one of the you know really nasty ones well nastily reviewed ones you know whether true or not I don't know I still haven't had any engagement with them but it was fairly easy it was extremely easy with these ones all I needed to do was to (laughs) fill in the form online there was barely a form for myself and my daughter and in about three weeks, they go back to me to say, hey, welcome to our GP. And I thought life shouldn't be so difficult, should it? <laughs> Anyways, so um, lessons learned. You see, I this particularly, this drilled home for me particularly because I have been in operations all of my well, most of my career life, because I just remember that, you know, I did a lot of teaching at some point. Um, but I, I do have over 25 years experience in operation. And out of those 25 years, um, I've the whole, I think throughout, I would say that I've had customer service relations um, experience for that same period. And I'll say this to you, um, when I started my career, being a customer service officer, uh, the first thing that you think of is like a receptionist, someone who sits um, and takes phone calls from clients, uh, who is the first point of call for any business organization that you approach, whether most especially on the telephone and nowadays online. Another thought that would drop on your mind when you think about customer service person is someone 
who is your first point of contact when you need to make a complaint. I, I come from a different school of thought. My, 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 my belief is that we all should have customer service experience. Whether you are rendering a service, whether you're providing a service, or otherwise, as long as you have customers, everything that you do requires a level of customer service appreciation and strategizing. If you're a project manager, you've got your stakeholders. Your stakeholders are your customers. Whoever, uh, the business that you're working for, that you're managing a project for, that's your customer. And so you have to have a level of customer service. Whether you are a scientist, developing products you're developing products and you are only relating with internal staff the people you're relating with internally the ones you are answerable to the ones you have to give feedback to those are your customers so you do need to have a level of customer service awareness i think when it comes to external external clients customer facing officials this is what I would say regarding the experience that I had. You will always have people with questions, whatever product or service that you are providing to people. I think it's crucial for a customer service, a client facing customer service official to understand the importance of their role. It's not, it's not a, um, your role is not insignificant. I will say that again. Your role is not insignificant. It might not be, the significance of your role might not be obvious or commensurate to your remuneration, but it doesn't lessen the fact that if you understand how crucial your role is, you will excel at being a customer service person. And that would also could accelerate your career. Now, one major thing that I noticed, the first thing that I noticed my interaction with this practice was that they certainly had a policy and that we all know now the policy is that you have to come in to pick up a form if you needed to register what they certainly didn't have was a cohesion in the information that was distributed to customers so you have one person on the phone saying you just shouldn't, you just need to come in to pick up a form without giving the details and not realizing the impact that that will have on a customer because it, it then becomes a build up after if there's you know if there's that constant misinformation or lack of complete detail so if a customer comes to you the first time round you should be thinking i should get this 
first time round. Understand first the crux of their issues. Sometimes you have customers who will come to you and they don't they don't even know what they want. They have an idea of what they want, but they can't articulate it. They struggle. To know a good customer service official is someone who is able to listen patiently to a customer and then decipher correctly. The best way to do this is by repeating to them what you have translated from the information they gave to you. You repeat it back to them. Can you confirm to me that so and so is what you need? And once you have translated that you've got your, you've confirmed the accuracy of your understanding of their need, then where you begin to make life easy for both yourself and the customer is the amount of knowledge that you have as a first, first point of call. If it's something you are able to, to, to resolve, if it's within your capacity, then you should have complete knowledge and resolve once and for all. If you're unable to, you need to know the best place to refer them to for a resolution. Because what customers want is a resolution. That's all. And when they're unable to get that, that's when you begin to have issues with customers. So the very first thing that I noticed my engagement with them that practice was that in their information dissemination, um, it wasn't cohesive. Someone said, you only need to come, you can come at any time of the day. Another one said, oh, it was on the phone. By the way, I forgot to mention that at the end of that, you know, my engagement with them, I requested for my, for the forms that I'd filled, I requested them back from from them and then I went over the forms and there was nowhere on the forms where it was written that a drop of time nowhere it wasn't even referred to at all there was no reference on the form so then again you you begin to ask yourself I always give people a huge benefit of doubt I wouldn't just straight up say she was lying even though that would be my final resolve that she was lying or she made that up but why would she make that up? So I don't start off with that. I start off with, was there another form she was thinking about? Or maybe they used to have a form that had, you know. So there's, there was misinformation. There was no cohesion. You have to have a standard information that goes around the first point of call for people. So that if point A if a customer goes to point A and they're told you need to walk through a sliding door to get to where you where you want to go, if that same customer moves to point B, point B should be able to say the same thing. So you need to move through a sliding door to get to where you're going. The moment there is a change between the two, you begin to have issues and your customers would have issues trusting your brand. Okay. So there was a lack of cohesion in communication. That was one. This particular lady 
that I met in the morning. She, she didn't come across intelligent at all. She didn't come across like she was bothered with understanding the service that they were meant, that the practice was meant to provide to the customer. As a matter of fact, I think if you, my experience showed that she was quite high-handed. And being high-handed is another sign that you lack the knowledge, the sufficient knowledge to help a customer. Why are you in customer services if you're not willing to learn your trade and understand the reason why you're doing what you're doing? It took me Googling, it took me going on to Google to search what age a child needed to, you know, fill in a consent form. And it wasn't even 11. I think it was 16 or 13. A child will get to a certain age. And then there's another level of consent that the child will, you know, they still need to start asking the child for their consent. And I can, I can, I just needed to know because this is my child lived with me all her life. And so I've, I've been doing everything and she only just turned 11 in September. So this was my first experience or my first encounter putting through a consent for her and then, you know, having a pushback that she needed an extra layer of consent. And that was all she needed to explain to me, but she didn't, she didn't even have that information. And so she took offense. She took offense because she didn't have the information that was embarrassing for her. But guess who suffered the brunt of their... <laughs> me the customer and guess who's in trouble now being investigated them the practice so i'll tell you this being a customer service official means that you need to be at your highest performing professionalism know your trade know the reason why you're doing what you're doing and ask questions i don't know why people are afraid of questions okay scratch that i think i do know because when you ask questions truth is brought to light and those questions or the revelation of those truths the revelation of those truths Um, would likely bring further investigation or and or further um, analysis into uh, you know is there a justification for doing this thing this way Um, and oftentimes people just don't like people just don't like change they don't like being reviewed you just feel like it's an attack nobody's attacking you whatever you choose to do as a company or as a practice it's your choice you you will have your reasons and your justifications but you need to if you're going to present this to the customer to the end user to whoever you're providing the service to you need to have a better explanation to them because they're also trading in something I traded in a lot of my time and my energy 
which affected my own personal life just to complete one activity registration. So you, you need to factor in the end user, what you're doing. And if you decide, okay, this is a quality thing. I need to be strict about this. There's a reason you need to also document or at least articulate that reason to your staff. And if you're a staff customer facing person, you need to find out if this is not documented somewhere, you need to ask questions. Do we have a difference in, I'm going to use this as an example. If someone wants a form, we assume that adults are coming in, but how about the children? Do we need anything extra for the children? Are there levels of extras depending on the ages of, depending on the age of the, of, of the child in question? How do you want us to handle this? Don't, don't just say, oh, it's the company policy that they have to come and do it. Why? And when you're asking the why, you're asking, you say, because you know you can anticipate that the customer would ask a question why. So you need to, you're talking to your manager, you need to arm me with a justifiable reason so that when they ask me the why, even if, if and if you want to be proactive, you can even give them that reason before they ask. We need to have you come back in so that we can do so, so, and so, or because this is that and that. It's a government requirement from the age of 13 or 11. But the moment you are unable to answer that question, then something is up. Maybe, just maybe, you are being extra with your requirements. Or maybe you, the front officer, just do not have the knowledge you've not done your due diligence so just a note for for you to consider i think i'm running into about this is well over 50 minutes now this was supposed to be a quick one (laughs) yeah um so that that's um that's um that's my story time today and uh my my thoughts about providing professional customer service um how to identify a good customer service official and those things to look out for as an organization as a business as a manager and as the first point of call client facing Thank you so much for taking the time, listening through to my ramblings on. (laughs) It's always a pleasure. Drop a line. Let me know your thoughts. Um, And if there's something, if there's an area that you're wanting me to talk about, to speak on, let me know. I'll look at it, see what I can do. Again, my name is Tej Amoxi. This is Come Muse with me. Thank you. And I look forward to having you in the next episode. Have a lovely rest of your day. Bye-bye.